Good morning. Welcome in to Tiger Tuesday recruiting here on PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by Brandon Barnes and USA Mortgage. You looking for some sort of a uh, some sort of mortgage advice, refinance? Maybe you're buying a house. Maybe maybe you just moved, and nine months later um, you got fired, and now you got to move again, and and you need a, a new house in the state of Missouri somewhere. Brandon Barnes can help you out. Um, he's the guy to go to. The best customer service, the best rates you're going to find. If you need any sort of mortgage advice, you give Brandon a call there at five seven three eight one eight two seven seven two or 573-590-0001. You can go to showmemortgage.com and get a free online quote. Uh, Anything you need, just give Brandon a shot. Uh, I would bet that he will win you over and win your business if you are in the market for such things. And we are now going to bring Sean Williams onto the screen and into the show to... uh, Talk a little Mizzou recruiting. Sean, I, I don't know. We could spend another 20 minutes like needlessly talking about what we think Luther Burden might or might not do. That doesn't particularly appeal to me. But if that's what you want to do, go ahead. First off, I really hope you have me on mute during your intro because I, I always out do. loud. And I snorted I a little bit uh, because you threw in like a little bit of a jab to the firing of Jethro uh, Franklin it, there. Th- that could have applied to anybody, Sean. Maybe that didn't have to do right. with Jethro Fr- Franklin. <laughs> Other people lost jobs on Sunday. And like, look, I, I do want to be clear. Like, I'm not making light of it. It sucks to lose a job. Right. But yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's probably what we're going to be talking about because, look, uh, not necessarily the Franklin firing, even though we are going to talk about that. But it kind of correlates with just how bad Missouri looked on Saturday against Tennessee. They gave up a lot of yards. They can't stop anybody in the run. You and then you know now you got to you know people are going to wonder you know if this keeps up you know in the next. I mean, look, they play North Texas. So I mean, surely they can win that game, right? Okay, so. Uh, you know, but if they keep it up against SEC competition and their defense continues to look bad and they pack up some L's, uh, you know, people are going to start wondering, well, what's going to happen with this recruiting class? And that's, um, yeah, that, that's going to so, be the, the talk if that continues. So we'll see if, if things continue to improve on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, they made a move in that direction. We'll see if that helps or hurts or what. Right. We'll see, you know. I, I, don't, I don't know how it can hurt. I, I don't know how it can get worse. Um, but <laughs> it, let's start kind of big picture, and then we'll zero in and get a little more specific as we go along. And and I do want to say, if you guys are on here watching live, uh, feel free, comments and questions, throw them up there. We will get to them uh, over the course of the next 20 or 30 minutes. I see Justin already has a has a comment and a question, and we'll, we will get to them. So throw them up there, and we appreciate you guys who are watching along live. But, Sean, I want to start with this. I mean, you've been covering recruiting for quite a few years for quite a few different schools. I've uh, at least kind of dabbled in recruiting now for close to two decades, and when you talk to the kids, and it, not specific to Missouri or anything like that, but when you talk to kids who are going through the recruiting process, how often do you hear them reference either a team's record or you know a specific game? Or how often is, man, they, they aren't as good as I thought they were going to be, and that's a factor in my decision come up? The a lot of you know you bring up a good point, but a lot of times you don't hear that a whole lot. Right. You know, unless you're talking to a commitment specifically about the season. What do you think about Vanderbilt season or you know Missouri season, et cetera? You know, all these teams that I cover, but you know th- they might mention the record and they'd be like, well, you know they 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 look 
you know, even though the record might be bad and they might be playing bad, they're still going to spin it in a positive way, you know, because, look, they don't want to really give away or don't really want to say, hey, you know, they don't look good. Maybe I'm looking around, right. you know, <laughs> they're not going to really kind of throw all the chips on, throw all the cards on the table and kind of, you know, let that, you know, they're for the most part, they're pretty positive. And, and, you know, look, you can. If a team is having a bad season, you know, kids can look at that in the positive too. It's like, well, hey, I can come in and, and play right away, you know, and help yep. rebuild this team into a, into a winner. So, you know, you can kind of see it two ways. But a lot of times when you're talking to kids, they don't really talk about all the teams playing a little bit bad. Or they, they might frame it as they're having a down season, but I see a lot of upside there. You know, I believe right. in the coaches, things like that. So they're, they're usually yeah. spinning in a positive way. But yeah, you can see it two ways in the, in the kids' eyes. You know, it's like, oh man, they're having a bad season. But, you know, look, if you're having a bad season and you've got other teams, you know, starting to reach out to you towards the, you know, November, things like that, saying, hey, get on campus. We might want to see you, you know, mm-hmm. we want to check you out, want to see you in person. Maybe we'll offer you or whatever. Uh, yeah, it becomes pretty tempting. Well, and the, the truth is, these kids pay far less attention to the games than we do. I, I, I mean, they, right. not just right. media, fans. I, I mean, the, these kids, they don't watch that many games. I've had recruits tell me, I don't really watch college football all that much. You know, I mean, right. <laughs> now that's not to say they have no idea that Missouri laid an egg last weekend. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it doesn't make maybe as big a difference on one particular day or even in one particular season as a lot of people do. Cause I've always said as a coach, you, you have two things to sell. You're either selling, we're really good. Come help us stay really good. Or we're not really good. Come help make us be really good. I mean, that's it. Those are the right. only two recruiting pitches there are. And Sean, we know for a fact last year's class. So the kids that are, are true freshmen this year, they, the Missouri coaches were very honest with them. We know that. We we have been told, hey, we're not selling these kids on we're going to be great this year. They they were told last year, hey, don't judge us on our record. And I think probably this year's class is being told a little bit of the same. Like, hey, right. you know, they're not being sold on we're going to be 10-2 and two and win the SEC East this year. I mean, Eli Drinkwitz and his staff, I think, have been fairly honest with these kids about where they're at in the process. And that's a big part of the reason that we've tried to be fairly honest with people since before this season started saying, yo, check your expectations a little bit. It didn't work, but they knew to some extent that, I don't want to say they knew Saturday was possible, but they knew that a, a season that maybe didn't quite meet fans' expectations was possible. Right. I think, you know, you kind of... You know, I think in terms of looking at it honestly, and, and last year I think they snuck out some wins that you know maybe you know they were surprised that they did, you know, and they, and it turned out to be a really good season for them, and um, yeah, I think they kind of pumped the brakes and said, hey, look, we still got some holes, you know, and and this year may not go as well as it did last year, so I. I think you know it's easy for fans to kind of jump off the bridge, you know, after after a Tennessee game. Like, please uh, don't do that. You know, we encourage the, none of that. In the day. <laughs> well, yeah, These, look, don't do it for real, okay, people. Yeah, jump just, off the uh, bandwagon in, if you want, but not the bridge. <laughs> Bandwagon's a little less steep than the bridge. Yeah, it just depends yeah. on which bridge you want to jump off of. But <laughs> right. hey, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I know recruits. You know, look, it's one game. Uh, we'll see what Missouri does the rest of the season. You know, they've got a nice little, you know, pick-me-up game against North Texas. You hope it's a pick-me-up game. And, uh, you know, look, they've got a tough SEC schedule the rest of the season. You know, uh, Vanderbilt looks like a possible win, you know. Uh, but, 
other than that, man, it's gonna it's gonna be pretty tough. But it's just one game. Uh, I don't think people need to, you know, recruiting wise. I, I you know, I, I don't think recruits are really gonna pay attention to it right now. You know, yeah, uh, just because of that Tennessee game. I think they're gonna wait and see what they look like the rest of the season. Because look, every week's a little bit different. You make some changes. You might, you know, string together three wins in a row. You just never know how seasons go. It's a, that's the thing about football that makes it so cool is because, you know, one week you look bad, the next week, the next two weeks you might look really good, you know, so. And, and look, I, I think anybody would say this. None of us wants to be judged on our worst day, right? And I, I think mm-hmm. Saturday, I don't know how it can be worse than what Missouri put on the field Saturday. So I, I'm sure the coaches are saying, hey, don't judge us on that. Look, yeah, we're two and three, but those other two losses, we were right there with you know, fringe top 25 teams. So the the game we played Saturday is not us. That said, it was so bad that it was one of those days that at least made me think, look, I don't think this game alone like causes anybody to decommit or causes anybody to take Missouri off the list. But I do think it made Eli Drinkwitz's sales pitch a little bit harder, you know, because it is is now a, a little bit, hey, you know, coach, this was game 15 and man, it was, it was really bad. So I I think it's maybe a little more difficult to sell it, but I don't think by any means it's impossible to sell it. Right. And you, and we were talking before we went live. I mean, it's, you know, you fire Jethro Franklin, who you brought in, you got rid of Brooke Haley and now you bring in Jethro Franklin, you fire him after five games, you know? So uh, man, that's that's tough. And you look, Eli's Eli Drinkwitz. You know, look, you know he's on the phone. He probably so when he talked to all these commitments, mm-hmm. all their top targets. You know, after this game, you know, because look, he do, he does a super good job. The, the whole staff does a really good job of recruiting, communicating. You know, the the firing of Franklin, and you know, just kind of putting some positive vibes on the on the commitments and the top targets moving forward. So you know, he's already been on the phone doing all that to the recruits and everything. So. So let's talk about that just a little bit. Um, you know, anytime you fire a position coach, hey, it, that might give some kids uh, some second thoughts. Now, Missouri doesn't exactly c- recruit just positionally. Um, you know, obviously they've got right. Jalen Marshall on the defensive line. They've got Marquise Graciel, and I know I'm missing one. I know there's one more that I can't think of in this class. But um, it's not just those kids. Like, Marquise's lead recruiter is actually DJ Smith, you know, um, Franklin certainly has been involved. I'm not saying that there is no impact, but there's nobody we've really seen in this class where we know, you know, like, and obviously this wouldn't have happened, but let's say after a Caleb Evans commits last year, if they, if Aaron Fletcher had left, well, Evans is gone. He's not coming here because he was coming here because of Fletcher. We don't know of anybody that that's necessarily the case here with Jethro Franklin, right? Yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean, I'm talking to uh, talking to Jalen Marshall when he committed. He mentioned Franklin, but obviously, you know, things are a little bit different with him. You know, he he showed up, went through the workout, and then you know came back for a visit. You know, and uh, and everything just kind of transpired from there. But look, we mentioned what with every commitment in this class, it's pretty much a group effort. You know, and it might be a positional coach you mainly talk to it may be at the area coach you mainly talk to but look they all mention every one of them mentions at least two or three coaches they talk to and that includes drinkwitz you know on a regular basis so it's it's really a group effort with uh with this whole staff and so that's why i think it's maybe a little bit less uh less of an impact that franklin's gone now obviously you know it is an impact you know when you talk about guys like marshall and 
and Gracial, you know, I mean, that's your position coach that you're kind of comfortable with and you've been comfortable with for a while. So now what's going to be, well, you know, what's going to happen with that moving forward. So, you know, you've got to, you got to kind of communicate what your plan is moving forward with that. And I'm sure, you know, like I said, Drinkwitz and his staff has probably already done that, especially with those two guys and, and probably with the rest of the commitments as well, you know. I want to get to uh, some of the questions we've had here uh, early on. And uh, Justin asked, with Benke and Robledo not getting in games, curious how many defensive tackles they'll take in this class. It seems really thin right now. So, look, they're losing Akeel Byers. They're losing Kobe Whiteside after this year. And that is a concerning thing that, I mean, Benke and Daniel Robledo don't see the field. Um, and, right. and Drinkwitz was pretty clear early in camp because we asked him about Realist George and Daniel Robledo, and he said, look, you bring junior college guys into play. Realist George is playing. Robledo is not. Ben Key, obviously, at this point, I mean, we're a year and a half in. He's, I'm not sure he's had defensive snaps with the full roster, so it's kind of unreasonable to expect that at any point he will. I mean, those almost look right now like just – kind of wasted spots in classes then you might have to go get an extra defensive tackle maybe even in the transfer portal because defensive tackle is not a place you come in as a freshman and play a lot in the SEC Makai Wingo being an exception obviously right exactly I think you know just in terms of just the vibe and just seeing who they've been offering of late they they have offered a couple of defensive tackles I mean, we've we've talked about Dominic Orange being a possibility you know uh, out of Kansas City and uh We also talked about, I can't think of this kid's name off the top of my head, but the kid from Peachtree, Georgia, he's got Missouri in his top five. I know he said he wants to come visit. I think he's uh, going to make a decision later this month in October. I think it's the 22nd or 23rd. I know he wants to visit Missouri and Auburn uh, before he makes that decision. So there's another defensive tackle they're after. Defensive end, Look, it seems like they're going to at least add a defensive tackle and a defensive end for the high school ranks. And like you said, Gabe, I mean, I think you've got – I think it's disappointing when you got two, you know, kind of Juco kids come in and they're not seeing the field anytime soon. So you probably are going to try to get one more defensive tackle from the transfer portal that can come in and actually make an impact. That's what I was going to say. I think it's got to be transfer portal because with the new rules now, Missouri's going to take 20 to 25 in this class. But now seven kids that transfer out, and I'm not saying they'll have seven, but up to seven kids can be replaced. So you could theoretically sign 32 guys next February. And mm-hmm. look, defensive tackle, I think, has to be a spot that you're looking for one. And I think maybe even two portal guys, because you got Darius Robinson, who you hope gets healthy and makes an impact. You got Wingo, you know, you've you've got Realist George. But then what else really is there other than, you know, incoming freshmen? And you just can't count on those guys. I think you're going to have to go grab one, if not two, in the transfer portal. from, And they've got to be... Look, they can't be – it can't be Rice and Montana. It's got to be guys that can come in and play right away, right? Yeah, I mean, you would think, like, just looking at, looking at guys, yeah, you can't – you probably don't want to grab guys from FCS or, you know, G5 schools. You want to grab a grad transfer coming from a Power 5 program. Or, or okay, a major kid, Power 5 program. Right, or a kid who, hey, maybe he was a third stringer at the Power 5 program he was at and he's not playing – but he's good enough to be a first or second stringer with where your program's at now here. I mean, right. you know, maybe a kid for, and it doesn't have to be from Ohio State or Georgia. You know, maybe there's a kid at Pittsburgh that's not playing a lot, but he'd improve your defense, you know? Right. 
I think that's the thing, you know, with SEC, and, and you mentioned it, you know, there's not a lot of people behind those three guys, you know, from, from Missouri and depth-wise. And you need a ton of depth on the defensive line, especially defensive tackle, defensive end. You need to rotate guys in, man, if you're going to survive in the SEC. And uh, just to have those two, you know, mentioned uh, Ben Key and Robledo not playing, I mean, whew, that's that's tough, you know, because yeah. you expect those guys to come in at least be rotational guys and depth guys, but they're not seeing the field at all. Yeah. Uh, Justin also asked uh, – said they were recruiting Deion Walker on the offensive line, but now uh, stating he would like to play defensive tackle. He's visiting now. Do we know if Missouri has kind of made that switch to recruiting him as a defensive player? And, uh, Sean, I don't know. I don't. I, I think I posted on Saturday night that he slated a visit for the Texas A&M game, and I don't think we've talked to him since then. But here's what you tell every single kid you're recruiting. What position do you want to play? cool that's the position we're recruiting you for and maybe that changes 10 minutes after he signs but that's where you tell him you're recruiting him i think all options are on the table with a guy like him i mean uh obviously you know walker's huge i mean he's a big guy you know so i know missouri liked him at offensive tackle you know whenever they were recruiting him during the summer and you know we hadn't heard a lot from him whether he's going to come back or not but then obviously he is coming back so that's a good thing for missouri and if he's open to playing defensive line hey you say hey man you'll get a chance to play both wherever you want to play just uh just come sign with us and help us out and because they don't really need another offensive tackle in this class with i mean they've got four offensive linemen they've got the 2023 class out there so look if he says i want to play offensive tackle then cool you tell him he's playing offensive tackle and if he says he wants to be the kicker then you tell him he's the kicker <laughs> you know whatever it takes man that's what re recruiting is not they, about go ahead yeah no you're right and they, like i said you tell him whatever you want to you say hey man you want to play kicker great and then when the you know training camp starts like hey i know you want to play kicker that's cool you went out there and made a couple kicks but uh hey, yeah. how about try defensive tackle <laughs> yeah i mean the fact is recruiting is not about telling the truth it's about making kids believe what you're telling them is the truth. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just a fact. Uh, Colby wants to know, are any of Sam Horn's teammates that got that have offers coming with him this weekend? I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to Sam in advance of his visit this weekend or not, but uh, I don't know. It would be great if Travis Hunter was making the trip, but I don't get any indication <laughs> that's happening. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Travis Hunter. Obviously, they, uh, Missouri just offered a couple of his underclassmen teammates, um, uh, the safety and uh, the linebacker. Um, it's a, yeah, it's possible. I haven't reached out. Sam's Sam Horn's like very hard to get a hold of. He's very, you know, he stays very, uh, very close to the vest and doesn't do a lot of interviews and things like that, especially with us recruit heads. So uh, he's got a good he's got a good head on his shoulders. Uh, I was happy that. Uh, you know, when I reached out to him and went down there uh, during the spring, he he was he got back to me and he was happy enough to do that interview, and I was glad he did it. And so, uh, yeah, but I haven't really uh, heard back from him any t other times. I've kind of reached out to him after that. I, you know, I think he just wants to keep everything low key. He's not like a big. I, I want to do a ton of interviews. I don't want a lot of hype around my stuff and anything like that. But yeah, I think it's uh, very possible. Like I said, there. The reason he's coming in for North Texas is because they have a bye week that week. So, you know, with Missouri just offering those two underclassmen kids, yeah, that, it's possible he, they could come with him. But obviously My, Sam's going to be on an official right. visit, so that's going to be a little bit different for those kids. So, I mean, you know, I, I would say I doubt it because, you know, that will be an official visit for Sam. That's what I was going to say because it, the rules for anybody who is listening to this or watching doesn't understand. On an official visit, the school pays for the transportation for you yes. and I believe two other people. Um, on an unofficial visit, that's not the case. So 
My guess is that Sam Horn and his parents probably have plane tickets from Missouri to fly into Columbia, whereas any teammates, especially underclassmen that are coming, they would have to pay their own way. So they're either driving or paying for their own plane tickets. So it's just not probably a situation where guys are going to come along with Sam. Um, You know, again, and I need to, we need to figure out in the next couple days, obviously, and get absolute clarification on this. But it has been reported that Luther Burden is going to be in town with him this weekend. We don't know that to be fact. We have not heard that from Luther or anybody at, um, at East St. Louis, but obviously we do need to to get that ironed out, and we'll have that information by Friday morning in the chamber. Um, but that would would certainly be a big deal. I think it would be. I don't want to say it would be telling if he's not here because I can't promise that the initial report was correct. Right last last Thursday night, there was a report that some SMU commitment was was visiting Missouri officially, and then <laughs> by the end of the night, I had clarified, no, that's not happening. That's so right. reports can be incorrect. If Luther is not here this weekend, it's not necessarily a sign that like he canceled a visit or anything. It's probably not a sign of anything more than somebody got a report wrong. But it would be good if he was here for Missouri fans, I would think. Yeah, like I said, we've been talking about the last two weeks. I think two weeks ago, you probably brought it up that it mm-hmm. would be a great idea that, you know, if he came in the same weekend Sam Horn's here, they get to sling it around a little bit and say, hey, man, we could we could score 70 points together because it's probably what it's going to take to uh, to win some games here. 70, 70 <laughs> might have won last weekend. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, just last couple individual kids. Everybody freaked out about a Marquise Graciel tweet. We don't know if that was about recruit. We don't know what that was about at this point, right? Or whether well, he's got any bad feelings about Missouri or anything else. I mean, I think I, th- I don't know if it was about th- that news, but I mean, obviously, you know, we talked about it. We mentioned it earlier. You know, whenever you get comfortable with your position coach and recruiting, and then you see he gets fired, I mean, I'm sure it's kind of it kind of sucks for him, you know, right, because right. like, hey. There's a guy that was supposed to be my position coach I was comfortable with, and one of the reasons I committed to Missouri, and now, you know, he's been fired. So, but like I said, I, uh, you know, I'm sure the first thing, you know, one of the first things Drinkwood's done after handling all that was call, you, you know, you definitely want to call guys like Gracia and Marshall, you know, that were that are D-line commits in your class and just kind of talk to them about it and, you know, kind of put together a plan and just kind of, you know, kind of openly talk about your you know, your reasoning for it and what your what your moves are moving forward in that regard. So Ryan says that I guess Gentry Williams just posted he was committing on October eighteenth and Mizzou is in his top four. Do they really have a shot at him? Uh I'm gonna say that's probably gonna be Oklahoma. Yeah, I'd I'd be I I mean, I haven't seen the who the top four is my guess would be Oklahoma USC and well I'm not sure USC with the coaching change but and Florida are probably <laughs> in there. I, I just really have a shot at him not in my opinion I'd be very surprised I mean I don't think there's been a lot of communication he hasn't visited again that I know of no I think he uh I think he might have visited uh late July like with uh, a teammate or something yeah yeah but I mean look I mean I think all signs kind of point to him going to Oklahoma I will go back to Gracio you know we we've talked a lot about Alabama and I think you mentioned it in the chamber or we mentioned it in the chamber last week right but uh (laughs) But uh, Alabama, you know, I know that's a team that he said he was going to take an official visit to. We haven't really seen anything Any- come up that he's going to be there anytime soon. So, I, you know, I don't know where the interest level is, interest level lies with between Alabama and him right now. So yeah. um, I don't think they're – 
I don't think you got to worry about that too much, but we'll see what happens as the season goes on. All right. Well, Sean, uh, we'll let you run, man. Uh, I got a couple basketball cool. things I'm going to get to, but you don't care about that. So, Oh, well, I mean, I could sit here and listen, but, you yeah. know. I mean, you can if you want, but you don't have to. Well, yeah, throw up uh, throw up Brandon's picture and promote him a little bit more. <laughs> that would be a lot more helpful. All right. Good deal. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you. All right. Later. All right, that is uh, Sean Williams, and now on the screen that is uh, Brandon Barnes, as he mentioned. And, uh, yeah, so there was a basketball question here, and I do want to get to that um, before we run here and I go over and cover Eli Drinkwitz's press conference. Uh, Zach says, it seems like 2023 could be a great class for basketball. Is there a good chance they could get all four scholarships filled with the guys you listed or are they going to want to hit the transfer portal? So a couple things. If you haven't been on the site, uh, Joel Lorenzi put together kind of a, a just a, an initial target board for the 2023 class. There were six or seven guys on it. Uh, there will be more. That is just kind of the initial list of, hey, here's who Missouri's offered. This is kind of the A list of ideally they would love to get three or four of these guys. Is there a good chance they're going to fill the class with four of those seven guys? No, not really. I mean, I mean, that's just being honest, right? We see that this is how every recruiting cycle goes. And it's not just football. It's not just basketball. It's not just Missouri. But at the beginning, they throw out like the A-list offers. In, in basketball, it's usually like six to 10 guys. In football, it's probably closer to like 80 to 100. In the early offers, and everybody starts to look at, all fans start to look at the best case scenario. Hey, man, all these kids are ranked in the top 100. Just think if we could get all those kids, what a great class it would be. Well, that it's just not realistic. I mean, is Missouri going to get four guys off the list of seven that we put out there? Probably not. Um, you know, other schools have offered those kids too. They have a lot of options, taking a lot of official visits. If Missouri could get two of those seven kids, I think it would be incredibly successful. And they're absolutely going to hit the transfer portal. I mean, that's part of – it's part in football, but it's even a bigger part in basketball. I would be stunned if Conzo Martin has a single class that doesn't include a transfer uh, going forward. I, Every single year, there are going to be transfers out there. There were well over a thousand in in college basketball last year. So, and and that number is probably low, to be quite honest. But no, they're not going to get four of those seven guys. To be honest, they may get none of those seven guys. Uh, honestly, I mean, and that doesn't mean they failed or anything like that. Doesn't mean it can't be a good class. It's just very early in the process. Process. These are the guys that have the earliest offers. And there will be, you know, this will evolve as as things go on. Some of those kids will commit other places. Some other kids will pop onto Missouri's radar, and that list is going to change a lot. That is just kind of version one of like version of nine versions probably of that board that we will do over the course of this recruiting class. So, hey, appreciate you guys uh, joining us this morning. And, and we wanted to take it a little bit more big picture because there's not a lot of individual stuff to talk about right now. And, and really the thought on everybody's mind was, oh my God, is this going to kill the recruiting class going forward? So we wanted to uh, spend this morning kind of addressing that a little bit. As I said, I am headed over with Mitchell Forty to cover Eli Drinkwitz's press conference here in about an hour. We will have that up on the site this afternoon. We'll have the 573 report tomorrow, the opposition show 
show on Thursday and some picks on Friday. So uh, one more shout out, Brandon Barnes there. As Sean said, we want to reserve a minute at the end of the show to encourage you all to reach out to him. Hey, I bet he even has some thoughts on what Missouri could do different defensively. Now, that shouldn't be the reason you call him. The reason you call him should be, hey, Brandon, I need some help with a mortgage. I need... uh, I need to get a, a loan for my house. You know, what can you do for me there? And he's absolutely going to take care of you there. Um, he's got all kinds of expertise, fantastic customer service. He's always available. And he is going to hook you up with the best rates you can find in the state of Missouri. But then, hey, midway through the conversation, maybe say, yo, Brandon, I know you played some linebacker and safety. Uh, what happened there against Tennessee? I bet Brandon's got some thoughts. Maybe he can uh, maybe he can help you out with uh, with two things with one call. So give Brandon a call there, 818-2772 or 590-0001. Email is bbarnes at usa-mortgage.com. Website, showmemortgage.com. You can get uh, an online uh, estimate there. So do any of those things and give Brandon a shot to earn your business. He would appreciate it and we would appreciate it. So that's a lot of appreciation if you just uh, do that. Thanks for watching guys. Speaking of appreciation, definitely thank you to all you guys that are here live. If you are watching live, do us a favor, hit the like button on the show. Even if you're watching the replay, just hit the like button. That that helps more people uh, find us. If you're listening on the podcast, give the podcast a five-star review. Leave a comment. Follow us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, whichever, uh, whichever app you use to get your podcast. We are available almost everywhere. So thanks. We will be back with plenty of stuff this afternoon and then back live with the video uh, tomorrow afternoon on the 573 Report with Mitchell Forty. We'll talk to you then.